0: Hello everyone, welcome to Animation Nation, I am your host, Primetime here, here with the latest news on animation and pop culture, hopefully, hopefully I was having a wonderful day or night, no matter what, or other, or where you are around the world, sorry if I haven't uh, uploaded for a couple of hours since I was a bit busy so far and everything was, was going out of whack, I wasn't able to find time to record, and uh, hopefully this is going to be the good time for me to record for this episode, honestly, I want to give you guys an, an update. Um, For next weekend, I'm not going to be here, I'll be with my family, I'll be far away, so there's going to be no time for me to do a next episode of the podcast, so i to wait until like around like the beginning of March, basically, with the next episode, basically episode one or three. So I'll be on vacation for only one week, and I should be returned, so a lot things are a bit busy so far, but I'm able to like return and give you guys some news, what I have so far. So I for that, but here... Now let's get started with your daily news. Now, the next, the first latest news so far comes from Combo.com, That apparently Paramount Plus has announced the the upcoming third sequel to Sonic the Hedgehog three. Apparently already, I mean the other, I mean the second sequel didn't come out. Just months before the Sonic the Hedgehog two comes out to theaters to continue the live action series, Paramount announced. This week, it's plans to release the third Sonic and Hedgehog film. The announcement was made during the Investor event, where it was also revealed that the TV series starring Knuckles as a, known, a well-known Sonic character, who who will be the second movie, was in the works. Detailed about what would be the new film, of course, weren't given since we have gone to see the next Sonic Hedgehog 2 yet. But the first film and the next one, anything to go off, go off of. We'll see the live action film series grow even more with additional characters from the Sonic fandom. The first includes Sonic, Dr. Robotnik, Tails, and while the new one includes Ibris Areba voicing um, Knuckles. Now, Permount confirmed the news that amidst the investor event that tweeted that talked about the third Sonic movie. Shortly after that announcement was shared on social media, the official accounts of Sonic the Hedgehog franchise over- overall shared a longer message about the new film as well as live action sonic series that's in the works starting Knuckles. The la the latter was announced during the same investor meeting. According to what they said is that we are delighted to announce that the third Sonic movie film and the first live action Sonic series for Paramount Plus are being actively developed, said Haru Satomi, the CEO of Sega Corporations. We've gotten a remarkable partnership with Paramount and, have, and we are excited to continue the expanding the Sonic the Hedgehog franchises with them. 2022 is shaping up to be a significant year for the franchise with the second film being released on this April. as well as Sonic front, uh, Frontiers have highly anticipated the video game title coming this holiday. Sonic has been beloved by fans across the world for over 30 years and we, lo- we look forward to continue. To bring memorable moments and experiences with them for many years to come. The news was shared during the event to follow up the big announcement related to the video game adaptations. Paramount also announced that the new Halo TV series will also be debut in March has already been confirmed for the second season. Now, just to let you know that the upcoming summer, Star of the Hedgehog Two will be coming on, coming in theaters on April eighth. So, expected to see teasers, hints, as well as the third movie. Within the film and any post credits scenes whenever it releases. So yeah, that that was quick, (laughs) like a few, like um, probably like much, like a month, a month after the Sonic the Hedgehog, two is gonna be released in April. You guys already, (laughs) already admitted you guys gonna make a third, movie and an anime and a live action series. That is getting quickly. Honestly, that really does escalate quickly. Think about it. It's just so insane how the internet goes fast. I'll tell you that the internet really does go fast over time, and I don't think that, I mean if it's from the investors who are willing to um have to share the series with the fans. I mean the information with the fans, then they're comfortable with it. They they're not afraid to admit it, that they're they're making a second sequel to this to this film because, ever since the first one, the first one I heard it did agree. I still need to see it, but. It did great, honestly, and and I'm pretty sure the the I'm sure the Sonic fandom has appreciated that um, greatness when it comes to the first film, and I'm glad that they're able to um has a more positive view since we see mostly um the trope of video game movies don't usually necessarily don't work, but this one does, and along as as well as other all, all others. Um, another thing I want to mention is that. I could kind of see Sonic be able to be um part of Paramount as a company. So this seems, this seems a bit reasonable. I know they used to be from Ver- Viacom. And so there might be a chance where, where Sonic might be attached to Viacom. By some sorts. Have so any exclusive deals with Paramount. And their exclusive uh, uh streaming services. We have to see wait and see for, for the more stuff coming along the way. Once the release of Sonic 2. And I'm really, I'm really excited for this film. I assume this is the first one. And hopefully you guys are able to upset it as well. I mean, I can't believe it. They already just admitted that Knuckles going to be in the, in the live-action series. That is interesting to know. And I'm glad I heard that they're following the... Sort of like the few references and storylines a little bit on Son of the Hedgehog 2. That kind of that kinda is more interesting if you guys compare it. There was one scene where, obviously where Knuckles is, like holding down Sonic and Sonic does a spin dash. Similar scene with back in Sonic the Hedgehog 2 when he does that, sort of. And and it just it just makes sense honestly to follow that type of path from each um um from each like titles and sequels from the Sonic the Hedgehog series. I believe Sonic would be interesting this year, honestly. And I could expect a lot of stuff coming up Good merchandise, obviously video games coming up in a holiday for its own title, and I mean he's excited to be a sonic fan i'm I'm not really a panasonic Sonic is like okay for me honestly, but well, i appreciate I appreciate the franchise and what it does so far I mean it is part of the co- part of the history of video games in general honestly, and it is basically a mask of Sega so I really am excited to see more to come with this, uh, with this movie, and the franchise it grows. I'm I'm really glad the CEO of Sega was able to comment on this. If it wasn't, then we're not sure what Sega's gonna say anything of this franchise. But, but well, we got our answer. So, Are you guys excited for the Sonic the Hedgehog two? It's April eighth. So make sure you guys pre-order your tickets around mid mid March. I believe mid March or late March. And hopefully, it's gonna be exciting as the f- first one by far as I've seen the trailer. It already got me hooked up, honestly. And I really am excited for this. Now, our second news comes from Nintendolife.com that the Video Game History Co- Foundation has called out Nintendo's destructive 3DS and Wii U eShop closures. Now, has around this week, Nintendo announced that the closure for the 3DS and Wii U shops has quite an appear uproar online. They have announced that the there are now around roughly two thousand games will no longer be purchasable in the 3DS and Wii U digital storefronts. There is seemingly not much that can be done from the consumer's perspective. You either buy the digital games that you want. On these libraries now, or run the risk of not having Nintendo-approved way of access to the future, is got to the point where some where the Video Game History Foundation, a nonprofit organization dedicated to preserving, celebrating, and teaching the history of video games, has now published a statement about the closure of Nintendo's Legacy Digital Shop. Its statement has a to how it understands the business reality of the situation on Nintendo's end, but notes that it leaves fans in a few um, options moving forward if they want to access these certain titles. While not providing commercial access to consider to be a understandable, preventing institutional work to preserve these titles is actively destructive to the video game history. It also takes the aim on Nintendo's for act, for actively funding the lobbying that prevents places like the, like libraries from being able to provide legal legal access on these games. Now, here is a statement from the uh, from the Video Game History Foundation. While it is unfortunate that people won't be able to purchase digital digital three DS or Wii U games anymore, we understand that the business reality that went into the decision. What we don't understand is what the path Nintendo expects its fans to take. Should they wish to play these games in the future? As a paying member of the Entertainment Software Associations, Nintendo actively funds lobbying or lobbying that prevents even libraries from being able to provide legal access to these games. Not providing commercial access is understandable, but preventing institutional work to preserve these titles on top of that is actively destructive to the video game history, we encourage the ESA members like Nintendo to rethink their position on the issue and work existing institutions to find a solution. As we did this statement on Twitter, and as you can see, above towards the end, this encouragement to rethink the position on the on these issues and work the existing institutions to find a solution. This statement has already generated plenty of likes at the time of writing. However, this week only time will tell to see if they made any comments or any other statements. First of all, I didn't even know this foundation even existed, but but, um, hey, you could appreciate that there's a foundation that actually wants to preserve video games on history because look, it's no secret that making a game, whether it's indie, triple-A, is easy. A few might say yes, but majority is no. It's not easy, so to speak, especially if you're doing it by yourself. Even if you're implementing towards the internal products. And so what, what we aim to preserve these products is to show legacies of these hardworking developers, artists, writers... And coders, just to, to what the craft they made, to to entertain people around the world, and we want to preserve that through generations to come to see how 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 video games take us right now. I I know this is kind of a little bit off topic, but for example, right now I'm, um, I'm on the I'm on my PlayStation Five playing some Apex and whatever, but I want to give you that example because, the probably games, were inspired could that that were basically the inspiration of Apex honestly or indeed and there's like Apex before that then before this before that video games led up to Apex or whatever have similarities within that game they take back years ago you never know what game inspires what our current games today. What I'm trying to say is, is that this these basically overall games back then help us to learn and Inspire make games that we, we played today, like Apex, and Minecraft, and Fortnite, whatever, and Halo and uh, Halo as well. You want to preserve these in order to let people know that video games do have a great amount of history. And I actually saw a documentary on Netflix... And I think I also saw it from my, from my video game class a few years ago. And it was the same documentary where it shows the history of video games. I really like it. it. it's a nice it's a nice documentary. I really like it. It's good. I highly recommend it. And it shows the big upcomings, the downfalls. The, it talks about the whole 1984 I think it was 1984, 1982. Nin, I think it was 1982 downfall of video games where where video games were down due to uh due to the long high demand of like, of games towards Atari and the whole E.T. terrible game disaster came in and it crashed this and it crashed the whole thing. And what happened? What bring it, brings it back up was basically Nintendo made Mario, and Mario was a hit because he discovered a formula where what makes it really important is not the game, not just the game itself, but the player in general. If you make the player, if you make the player, um, the player, the person you're playing unique it makes it more fun that's the fundamentals of what they discovered in nintendo and we want to preserve that information and nintendo is not even having any of that from having people access to those games it is ridiculous look i know we sound greedy that we don't want nintendo to do this i do want to get about like a bit like forcefully for nintendo but it's really important because we you wanted to play games that was in back in those digital systems like 3DS. You're never gonna play if you buy a game online 3D for example um in my 3DS I just purchased um uh, one of the retro Pokemon games, Pokemon Yellow, Pokemon Red and Pokemon Blue. Without me knowing you to buy those, they would have been erased right now. I wasn't able to to um have these games. The only way I could have them is either buy them, buy them physically or put on an emulator. That's another thing I want to talk about is that there's a reason why emulators for those you who don't know emulators are basically um I want to call it software programs but they kind of, there's like a few software programs that allows you to download video games from different companies or specifically retro games. That were never played back in the day. For example, let's say you want to play, um, uh, what's a retro game? Let's, see, let's say you want to play 007, for example, on the 64. Um, now, the only way to play 007 is you could either buy the physical copy of, of Nintendo 64 or you could emulate it to online. To find simple websites that allows you run that game of 007. or another example, let's say you want to play um, Smash Brothers for Smash Brothers Melee, you have, you have to have you either have, have either a GameCube or a Wii and a physical copy of the disc, or you could just emulate it to the computer and have the computer run the system to download it without any physical copies. That's why there's emulation still a thing to have to play retro games that we wanted to play and the score what we heard. And that's the reason why Nintendo pushed this limit because it brings us to the point where we, we want to play old games. And we want to preserve those old games because we want to go back and experience them. And if you heard of what an is really good and you want to play it, the only place you might have to access it is you have to emulate on your computer. If Nintendo wants to stop emulation from happening, they will have to They open all their titles in their recent system, the Nintendo sixty four. They're doing it currently, but there's not enough video games that they're releasing so far. That's the that's the problem basically, and that's also happens to Sony and Xbox. Xbox, um, they have other games that you could play on the retro, but not on the entire not entire games. Well, at least they have so far within their within their Game Pass singles or um. Same goes for uh, PlayStation again. Their PlayStation, PlayStation now able to play down all, the, all their games, but not all the games they have so far. They can but you can't download it, but you can stream through it. And, and that's the thing with this that we want the companies to do, is to have these games preserved and let us keep playing without, without destroying stores. For example, um, I heard. a couple years ago where where Sony was about to shut down the stores for PS Video and and PlayStation 3 stores. Completely. Now what happened was that at this time, it was I think was the late or the middle of the PlayStation 4 era. I think it was like around between there. People still have the PlayStation 3. And they took a huge backlash of it to tell PlayStation that hey we still playing PlayStation games at this point. I know everyone has a PlayStation 4, but we still have PlayStation 3s at this point and PlayStation Vitas. Nintendo, I mean, Sony took action and they promised that they're not, okay, we heard your outcries. We're not going to take down the store. Thank God they haven't took down that store. Eventually, they probably will, but hopefully they're able to stay active in order to learn a lesson. So if you wanna preserve all these games, you might as well put all of them on PlayStation, PlayStation Plus. That's what I really, rec- I mean, PlayStation Now or whatever, PlayStation Plus, whatever. That's what I really recommend these companies to do, and that's what I recommend Nintendo to do. Is please don't shut down the shops because people still wanna play retro games. Digitally, I know people keep saying physical copy, physical copy, physical copy, but at the same time, there's gonna be a point where physical copies of the game you want to get, is going to be really, really rare to find these days, especially if they get, especially over time, they might get destroyed, shriveled, or rusted, or whatever. That's that's the cycle of video games in general. And I'm glad the Video Game History Foundation was able to speak the outcry for us gamers to have these video games preserved into generations to come. So if a Nintendo employee or whatever, who's there is in Nintendo or maybe any other companies on San Nintendo, whatever, are listening to this. Please, this is what us gamers want. So far. If you want us to keep playing your products. You could at least have us play older games and older titles. Listen listen to, listen to your fans. Especially you, Nintendo. Listen to your fans. I know you guys hardly do, but please. We love your games. We, we, we really do. And and we just want to play retro games. And with your with your online shop, there's not enough. And you know that too. That is not enough. I know you gotta go through a lot of paperwork and whatever just to just to find the good the approval license to each company to so have it have it there. But still, you, people still want to play old games. They want to have buy stuff from the item shop to Wii U and the ton of three Ds. And we we still want that at this point. If you and I know you guys won't listen but please please just give us a chance at this point. I know you guys not gonna listen but still give us a give us some slack, honestly. We got you guys put on some good titles on the Nintendo Direct. I'm I'm very impressed. But it's better to keep those um stores up and running or at least try to emulate all those gifts from the stores and then your three your the current console Nintendo Switch. Honestly. I really want I really want to play the other Pokemon games. I know you guys have no 3DS, so... I want to play those in order to relive... The history of the first Pokemon game. The very first one. That made a Pokemon Arce- Arceus. Or at that game. Or rather those three titles, honestly. So... Hopefully... Nintendo might do something about this, but I doubt it. I doubt it. Nintendo's the more strict... Company I've ever seen so far with those stuff. So... Who knows? We just have to wait and see what what they're going to say about this stuff. Now, our last... Story for today comes from... Sorry, but I'm feeling a bit parched. Comes from the um, PCGamer.com That the latest game from last year, Cyberpunk 2077, has gotten an update according to what it says, that the um, that the, in case you miss it, CyberBug Twenty Seven Seven has just, has just enjoyed a massive update. The among the countless of bugs fixes, fixes, and long overdue features, likely being able to change these nails v- varnish. I'll be able to change these nails. See the project we read. Also added the benchmark. It may. Not seems a big addition, but it seems that you'll be able to access how much Beshiji is able to cope before the Embarking Series playthrough. The benchmark lasts over a minute and involves swirling around the El Coyote Kojo Bar in the Haywood before heading to the alley behind in the the setting peacefully on some palm trees above the reasonably populated streets. There are no firefights, so you can... you can forgive for thinking it, it would be represented at the game's action scenes. But the, average, but the average do line up for the video game frame rates, even a few minimums are a bit off. Now, until now, anyone trying to work out the best settings for the system can have the with chart of charging the night city trying to find a spot that, vi- that represents the video game's various environments and playstyles. Journey led to, comp- to complicated runs, and through a lot of stuff, randomly gang fights, empires, and livings with breathings in Night City. After all, the pinches of violence is still rapid. Now, the few details of these new, of this new um uh, Update has a few things. What I want to consider is very interesting. For example, you could actually buy. Buy apartments, honestly. No matter how rich or poor, apartments you're able to buy them now. Which, thank you for that. Now the police cops won't able to to stop chasing you as long as you're able to to run a, a bit of a good distance. So basically, the cops will keep chasing you as long as you're able to have enough far distance in order to to escape kind of like GTA. So the cops won't stop you for like at least like a like I don't know like like one mile or whatever. Which is a good thing, it gives you like the immerse of being a thug in that city and cyberpunk. There's also a lot of things to recommend as well. That makes the experience much better as well as new graphics as well as smooth smooth polishing. Now these things I want to mention is that there's going to be so far a good pace of the and also letting you letting you personalize V's room. These little things I'll add up for making a better experience for anyone who has been putting off the game until much, much better sleep. It's still a bit, bit janky, but still, of course, is much better state than now and uh, then it's launch. Sorry about that, folks, but sorry about the folks on. Apparently, the power went off. More power went out, so I was able to like re reinstate it so far. and Everything seems pretty good so far in my end, but able to just keep recording so far is what I have. But overall, what if you guys didn't know? Um, so far, this, um, CD Projekt has put out the big update for Cyberpunk 20- 2077, Able to um, have a few features like better graphics, able to like long long uh, have the Police cops chase you with long distances, in a long run, without having them disappear for at least one mile, and able to customize V's um, apartment, like basically a character you're starting off to customize your apartment, or even buy apartments, honestly, that's pretty unique. And I believe this is the right way for CD Project Red to actually step up the game. This is basically the redemption arc. And what i see so far from the from the gameplay what i see so far is it's amazing it's amazing that there's still that they're still saying that this game is going to be good i played it yes surprisingly yes i played it for me i could see a lot of glitches a lot of glitches through through missions there's one time where i phased out on a car after i completed a mission there was a the one time where Where I run through a wall and I accidentally just like, just fell down like a cartoon character. And there's another time where I accidentally just slowly hit a pole with a motorcycle and just fell down off my bike. I know that happens, but it's just PC automatic like a little few centimeter inches next to the pipe. (laughs) But still, I'm glad they're doing progress with the game and glad they still cared about this game ever since it happened during launch. And hopefully these developers are able to just do what they can to develop this stuff. And mostly, the blame for having this release is the investors, because mostly the investors with CD Projekt Red usually just want to push the envelope, to push the game to release it without having it be polished before it becomes. Because with the, because with these investors what they did so far with CD Projekt Red made made the company look terrible. Legit. Investors, go fuck yourself. I don't even care what you are, go fuck yourself. You made you made fucking this company a bit of a joke, even though it's kinda is a joke since a lot of developers are fighting the rights on this tight tight schedule. So both number of them were jokes at this point, but still eh, it still baffles me to this point that uh, that the whole hype for this game tumbles down after one night of December of 2020 that CD Projekt Red did a big bomb of horribleness we haven't seen so far since Fallout 76 and No Man's Sky. So it's better to keep delaying, delaying, delaying a game, but you never know because of modern gaming at this point if it's, it's going to delay a game it's now going to be a um Russian roulette at this point. Was gonna turn out good or gonna turn out bad when you rush the game? I know there's a quotation about him um, Shigeru Miyamoto, the creator of Mario, he's able as well as the future of Nintendo, he quoted by saying that it'll a, a, a delay game is good, but a risk game is terrible. And that's what I remember so far from this quotation and it seems a bit a little bit of stale at this point what I can see from that from that quotation and I mean as much as I really want to believe that quotation but still it doesn't really to expectations in today's modern gaming so that's the downside of it but overall CD project seems to be going in the right direction for fixing these bugs and able to like to like update the whole thing and you want to be basically wondering whatever happened to their timeline I'm pretty sure they weren't being consistent with that timeline from last year what they promised so hopefully they're able to deliver more of this stuff in the upcoming months or weeks who knows honestly but this is a good direction for CG CG project to fix this stuff and I'm really glad they're able to hear the feedback from the fans who really want to make this game the best game of all time or the best RPG of all time I really do as well, but it'll be a long way to go to see that to be flourished. Now, that's it for today's news. Everyone, hopefully you like today's news that I got so far. I to be quite quiet because apparently few of my colleagues were able to just sleep and don't want to disrupt them. And what I do what I can to bring you guys more news like this. Again, I won't cover the news next week because I'll be... Help with the family and able to hang out with them, and we'll have time to do a recording another episode. So we'll into the beginning of March 2 from the next episode of the, of the Animation Nation. So hopefully you guys follow our Twitter account, Animation9010, for more updates over there. Basically guys follow our other podcast called The Pogs Cast with them featuring me and a couple of friends where we talk about top about uh, pop culture stuff and as well as being basically gamers fooling around. We we'll talk some we talk smack to each other honestly but it's entertaining and we just goof around all type of stuff so follow us over there as well so this is animation nation I am your host prime am here hopefully get to see you guys next month which is the beginning of March so have a wonderful day and stay safe hopefully you guys have a little bit wonderful Valentine's Day and a president's day here in the US or around the world so so goodbye